Welcome to the Grow People podcast with Pastor Jason right there. That's him, lead pastor of Revolution Church. Normally, you would say, hey, that's me. That is me. Well, I was I was letting you finish. I was seeing what you would do with the title this time, because we since there was a debate last time of if it's just the Grow People podcast or if it's the Grow People podcast with Pastor Jason. I don't know. We've never really had a meeting. I got to. Well, I gotta... actually, Chandler and I had a meeting while you were out. So okay. It is officially just the Grow People podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Grow People Podcast. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> Pastor Jason happens to be happens there to be here. every time. <laughs> That's me. Yes. He's the lead pastor of Revolution I'm not Church. here every time. No, you missed one. Hence the whole reason why we're having this discussion, because you said it when I wasn't here. Yeah. Yeah, but when the Dan Patrick Show has a guest host, it's still the Dan Patrick Show. Yeah, because that's the title. Okay. Welcome to the Grow People Podcast. <laughs> that awkward silence. My name's David Stein. Yeah. Um, I haven't missed one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, really, it's the Grow People Podcast with David Stein. Yeah. <laughs> and our special guest. Yeah. It's the David Stein Grow People Podcast. Uh, if you haven't been to Revolution or you just started going to Revolution, I'm the uh, campus pastor at our Canton location. We have two locations, uh, one in Jasper, one in Canton, and of course, our locations, our churches, our church plants in Kenya, mm-hmm. and then yep. then a uh, couple churches that we have been involved in church planting here in the Atlanta area. Absolutely. They, yeah, they just don't have our name, mm-hmm. uh, which is great, because we want to do both. Yeah. purpose of the Grow People podcast never changes. The purpose is to help grow people. Yes. <laughs> With Pastor Jason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's where we're going to start today. Uh, uh, for the last 48 hours, uh, your pastors have been in the great state of Texas, Yep, um, which is a, a wonderful country. It is. Yes. And here are my gripes. Oh, uh, let's hear them. Okay. All right. 48 hours <laughs> yeah. in Texas. We knew we were going to Texas. What are the two things we did not have? Barbecue and Whataburger. Yeah. It's very yep. sad. Very yep. sad. Yep. I, I, whatever just happened in your car, wherever you're listening, that was my reaction to. Mm-hmm. And I kept, I kept waiting. I we kept just wait- call, caused the traffic jams. Yeah. I kept waiting for brisket. There's no brisket. I was like, oh, okay. It's lunchtime. Maybe we'll have brisket at lunchtime. You know, you know what they brought in for us? Panera. <laughs> exactly. Pana- I don't go to Panera here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go to Panera in Texas. Uh, and and then, then dinner happens and I'm oh, okay. Maybe this will be the brisket. And it was good. It was Tex-Mex. It was Tex-Mex. We at least got, there is a trifecta. So we at least got one of yes. the Trinity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it was, we were at a training. Yes. And so we left Sunday night mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, had our gatherings on the weekend, left Sunday night, but we didn't get to Texas until late. Like very late. Like 10 PM, yep. which was 11 PM to our bodies. Mm-hmm. And then we had a uh, mishap, one of our, our, travelers lost uh, their wallet so that kind of messed up it was that. not us yeah it wasn't one of so us that narrows it down yeah because <laughs> normally traditionally what we do when we go to texas yeah. even if it's late at night mm-hmm. we will leave the airport and drive straight to a water burger which is the law that yeah. y- you do that in california because it's go, 24 hours you go to in and out yeah. get off the plane you go to in and out. that's right so we didn't do that because we were distracted yes you know so then that happened, and then we had a training Monday and Tuesday, and then, yeah, to your point, like breakfast and lunch were provided, mm-hmm. so we didn't have a say in that. And then Monday night, 
the guy, the host that was doing the training wanted to take us out to eat. And, yeah. and was, we chose Tex-Mex. Yeah. And, yeah, and, we, and how do you say to the guy who's, who's taking you out, this is where we want to go? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it, he made that decision. Mm-hmm. And then coming back on Tuesday, we didn't have enough time to get Waterburger in at the airport before we left, mm. uh, which normally I would have made time. But since we have Waterburgers local now, you know, so I, yes, I sad to say we, we did this. There was a, uh, a disappointment. It was a travel fail. It was. Yeah. So I'll get over it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get past it. You know, it's one of these things, you know, you can forgive, but you can't forget. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it was a fail. Not having Whataburger there was understandable because we have it here now. Yeah. But not having brisket, not mm-hmm. having barbecue, yeah. that was an epic fail. Because I don't know if you know this, uh, but you have mentioned brisket and Texas food from stage on occasion. Yes. Yes. So I, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. It's like, I'm, I am not taking you to Philadelphia and ordering Panera. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even know where Panera's from. I, I, like, I have no idea. It would be like we went to a conference in Philly and I ordered lunch and it was Subway. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not going to do it. No. Uh, I do not want you to hear at all any type of ingratitude. Um, very grateful for the trip. Ingratitude or ingratitude? I don't I, know. I, I've heard of Well, you say. <laughs> I've heard of both. You would say ungrateful. Ungrateful. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't want you to hear that I am ungrateful at all because that, that is not the case. I am, we had a great time. I'm simply bringing yeah. this up for purposes of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, there are a couple of things we wanted to get to today. Uh, we do want to get to how awesome the high school weekend was mm-hmm. and why the purpose of high school weekend leads into something you're going to talk about this weekend. But there has been in the news for the last few weeks something that happened at a chapel at Asbury College in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It began as their regular Wednesday night chapel service and turned into a revival yep. and spread. And we haven't had a chance to talk about it, whether on the podcast or from stage or in any type of context. And that's why we created the Grow People podcast, was to talk about things we don't have time to talk about on Sunday. Yep. So, uh, initial thoughts. Yeah, well, what was funny is we were working out together one morning talking about the last podcast about what we're going to talk about. And you said, we could talk about the revival. And I said, what revival? I didn't, I hadn't heard anything. Mm -hmm. And because I I was, had still been sick and hadn't been really online. And then you started explaining it to me, what was going on in Asbury. So then I went and checked it out and which I didn't. Not by going there. No, 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 no. no. Went online and checked it out. Um, and it didn't register at first, but then when I, uh, looked it up, this has happened, I think two other times before yeah. there, mm-hmm. um, and some rather famous Asbury revival. So that was really cool to see like the spirit is doing something again. Mm-hmm. So we, I looked it up and then, you know, was, uh, very intrigued by it. And the coolest thing to me, which kind of gets into what we wanted to talk about a little bit with this was that this was not something that was planned. Right. This was not something that um, was orchestrated in any way. They It was their regularly scheduled programming, mm-hmm. and uh, the speaker um, had communi- – the message that night was about having what, what true love was about and kind of contrasting that. And then they had a response time, and then the students didn't want to leave. You know, they just kept singing and kept 
worshiping and repenting. And then that just continued for weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so it was really, really cool to see um, and to hear about and start kind of learning about uh, and then seeing how it kind of was spreading to other colleges. And I'd heard Lee University and several other universities around, yeah. um, you know, can't think of all of them that kind of, kind of popped up and started happening. Mm-hmm. But one of the craziest things to me, and we talked about this was a, how quickly people were to be critical of it. Yeah. Like, Oh, is it really real? Yeah. You know, um, which that's just really kind of disheartening to me that mm-hmm. now granted the, the scriptures does say to test the spirits, sure. you know, we, but that is more on like a, I want to say it's more on a personal level, you know, not that we couldn't do that on a corporate level. We can, but I don't know what it says about us that when something good like that is happening, our first response is, Oh, let me criticize it or let me wait and see. Um, and so when you told me about it, you were celebrating it and Mm -hmm. you were excited about it. And then when I looked and started getting excited about it and celebrating it. And, you know, I'm not really online that much. And so I wasn't going online talking about it, but we were, I was having conversations with some friends, you know, you and other pastors. And I mean, this is really cool seeing, yeah. seeing what's going on. And, and then the other thing that was funny to me is how it attracted pastors and worship leaders kind of from all over um, and then they were giving us their opinion about it. And I was like, we, we really don't need your opinion about it. No. You know, <laughs> like, thank you. I appreciate yeah. validating mm-hmm. it for us. But I think probably one of the coolest things the the, and I don't know exactly who this was, if it was the, the, like the university itself or at like a, a separate club. But what was really cool to me is the leaders of Asbury were adamant, like, no, we don't want. Yeah. We don't want famous worship leaders coming in. We don't want, this mm-hmm. is all student led, yeah. you know, and they weren't, they weren't trying to fabricate it even more. And I heard many, many stories of, again, and I don't think a worship leader wanting to go and be a part of it or a pastor wanting to go and mm-hmm. be a part of it is bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One of the first celebrity worship leaders, and I don't know who it was, reached out to them and uh, Asbury was like, no, no, we got this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think they reached out to offer... Yeah, you know, like, hey, we'd love to help if you need it, you know. But yeah, they said no, we got it. Mm-hmm. You know? And when I say celebrity worship leader, I mean, I mean a a more well known one. Yeah, just simply somebody because of their music, know. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that was probably the coolest thing, and that's when I started really like championing it even more mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, that is authentic, then, mm-hmm. you know, because they are they're not trying to orchestrate something here, right? You know, they're really. This is a, a move of the spirit where he is drawing students to himself, mm-hmm. which is such a crucial time, you know, in, in our lives, you know, that teenage to young adult time and college students were really responding to that repenting and celebrating. And I mean, cause the town of Asbury is really small. It's only like 6,000 people and, some of the reports I read was there were more people in town that had come in than Asbury as a, as a city had bathrooms for <laughs> like there was not enough restaurants. Right. There was not enough hotels because busloads and busloads of right. people were coming from all over sure. the world, you know, to be a part of this. And again, which is really cool. And, and we should, I think celebrate, 
you know, if the spirit of God is moving and drawing people to himself, um, I mean, again, it's okay to inspect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't, it just bothers me a little bit that our first stance is critical to it. Well, that's, you know? that's the easy response. And that's, that's unfortunately the cultural norm. Yeah. Because of social media, the cultural norm is, well, you got to have an opinion on it. Yeah. And you will be criticized if you celebrate it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And it, it used to be, you know, a Hollywood celebrity would come out on some type of political platform yeah. and everybody's like, Hey, just, just do your movies. I don't want to hear from you. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but now everybody has. Now, opinions. Yes. <laughs> well, that was one of the biggest reasons why I didn't talk about it on social media. Again, one, yeah. I'm just not a social media person per se, where I feel the need to share my opinion about everything. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I'm yeah. like, you know, I mean, I have a platform on a stage and so I can like, we just talked about, I can share my opinion about my love for Texas and Waterburger. Mm-hmm. And so I have an outlet for that. Um, but I don't think the world needed my opinion about the Asbury revival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking about it on here for the benefit of our church, sure. mm-hmm. you know, for, cause I know a lot of people in our church heard about it and right. I think it's important for them, for them to know their pastor's opinion about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the world in general needs to know my opinion about it. And, and the world in general doesn't need to know the tens of thousands of people's opinions that were online. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and, and for, for the live blogging and the live videos, you know, the streaming of it from people's perspective who yeah. just drove there and said, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what I don't like about it. That, that to me does not serve the kingdom. No, no, I, I enjoyed, I, I, I did enjoy, and this is the power of media. I did enjoy the people that went there to experience and, and I watched their clips of mm-hmm. it and they were just celebrating. Yes. You know, that was good. Cause we kind of get mm-hmm. a glimpse of what's going on. Cause it was real stripped down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't real production heavy, which not that that's bad yeah. one way or the yeah. other, but again, you could just, it just had that mm-hmm. sense of like, Oh, this is just, this is just happening, mm-hmm. you know? And that's super. In fact, one of our pastors in our local church planning network actually went to school there. That's when he went to uh seminary and he already had a trip planned to go there like months in advance. And it just happened to be like that happened on the Wednesday. It was the next week. Mm -hmm. And so he already had a hotel room. He already had a, and so he went and he was in college ministry before. And so he got to go and experience part of it. And that was super cool getting to his perspective Mm -hmm. because he let me know that there was like, there had, there was this group of people that had been praying for years for this to happen again at Mm -hmm. Asbury and um, how just, God was doing some other really cool behind the scenes things there with the college students. So it was really amazing to hear his perspective. So again, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Use that as a, as and you can utilize media to highlight some good things that are going on. So that's super great. Um, But yeah, the people that were there to test it or criticize it, I'm like, man, we don't, we don't have to have your opinion on this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, if it's of God, like um, I can't remember the the scripture, um, but where the Pharisees said, if it's of God, then you're going to be found opposing it. If it's not of God, it ain't going to last, mm-hmm. you know? So let's wait and see. Right. You know? No, that's good. That's good. There was a, a great article and I, I don't remember which Christian publication it was in, uh, but it was last week. So it was at the end of the revival Yeah, and it had nothing to do with opinion. It mm. was, 
this is the behind the scenes of what happened hour by hour. And, That's cool. And what the school administration had to go through yeah. in order to deal with going from a couple hundred kids to 20,000 people coming to town. Yeah. At, yeah. How they, and, th- and it was fascinating because, you know, as, as pastors, as elders of the church, we're in the day-to-day operations of the church. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get 5,000 people on this campus for Easter? Yeah. Where, where do we put the team member lounge? Okay, we got to rent a tent. Where are we going to put the tent? Yeah. So there's all that kind of logistical things. And we kind of like that. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's fun to, to figure these things out. Yeah. So, Good problems. So these were uh, a few school administrators mm. who had never experienced anything like this. Mm trying to figure out, all right, where are we even going to have an office to meet to, yeah. to, to talk yeah. about this? Yeah. So, so they cleared out a closet hmm. at the chapel. Wow. And they put some chairs in there. That's cool. And they had meetings in there. Then they had to figure out how we're going to feed these people. Wow. And then different organizations came in and said, hey, we want to give you all the Chick-fil-A you could possibly eat. Wow. And where are we going to put that? Yeah. <laughs> how are we going to get water here? Yeah. All, all of these logistical things. And uh, it was pretty cool. How do we make sure that these students don't pass out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After being there for 24 straight hours. Yeah. So they had to figure out shifts. Hmm. They had to bring in a logistical uh, planning person to plan volunteer shifts. Wow. And so all of these things behind the scenes, just to fuel, just to say, hey, we're, we're not going to get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We just want to make sure we can facilitate what's going yeah, on. Yeah. No, I think that's a, and I think that's a great response. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's, that's how we should do, you know, if the Holy Spirit is, obviously, I think we can prepare for those things, you know, just like Jesus told the disciples in Acts, you know, wait here and pray. We can do that, you know, but then when the Holy Spirit breathes and moves and does something amazing, then Acts 2 happens where we've got to figure, okay, how are we going <laughs> to, how are we going to speak to those, <laughs> these people? How are we going to get this message out? Oh my gosh. And and it makes me laugh sometimes when people don't like numbers in church because Acts two tells us three thousand people. Well, how did they know that? Mm-hmm. They count it, right? <laughs> yeah, <know>? yep. Yeah. <laughs> they had to do some administrative stuff, and then oh my gosh, how are we going? Then later in Acts two, they met house to house. How did we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, they had to get some houses and mm-hmm. they had to get some leaders yeah. and they had to. So I think that is our response. I, I love how you said it. We can't orchestrate it. We can't make it happen. But when it happens, we should work to facilitate it. Mm-hmm. You know, we should respond to it. Yeah. And and try to figure out the logistics of, man, if the Holy Spirit wants to keep doing this, we want him to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's just like when we were putting Abide together. Yeah. We know, okay, well, at the end of January, we're going to have these nights. Yeah. So we need some team members. Uh, we need two worship teams, one from Jasper and one from Canton. Yeah. Uh, we need a couple of speakers. Yeah. Um, we need some child care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need Rev Kids. Uh, we need some campus safety. Okay, we got we got all that. Yeah. Okay, now let's get out of the way. We had no idea in those planning sessions that Friday and Saturday night were going to be so electric. Yeah. No. And 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 if it had continued, we would get out of the way and help facilitate it. Exactly. And and that was the other part that I think it's important. And and we talked about this as pastoral leaders. You know, when something like that is happening in Asbury, and then it starts popping up at other places. You, my first thought was like, oh, do we need to do something here? You know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but it's like, but we don't want to try to orchestrate something either. You know what I mean? I just, I want to celebrate what they're doing, but not try to orchestrate it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to your point, if when, 
again, because this happened at a regularly scheduled thing. So we should schedule some things yep. just like we did. Mm-hmm. We scheduled abide. Yep. We scheduled these things. And, and that Friday and Saturday night, even though I was sick and couldn't be here, mm-hmm. it was amazing. But yeah, if we, if people weren't leaving and yeah. we just kept going like, well, yeah, we would have done Sunday night right. and Monday night and, mm-hmm. and like, all right, man, the spirit's doing something here and we want to respond to that. And, and I think that's the appropriate response. We should, um, again, we should plan in advance. We should schedule things and, and then at the same time, beg the Holy spirit to come. And when he does, we should then try to facilitate it. Yep. You know, we can't make revival happen. Right. That's not a human thing. That's a God thing. And, but we can respond to it Mm -hmm. and we can pray for it and we can celebrate it Mm -hmm. when it does happen uh, without trying to orchestrate it ourselves. Yeah. That was so good. What was also very helpful. and, And last thing on the revival in Kentucky, the guy who was speaking, at the chapel service that Wednesday night when mm-hmm. it began. I watched 10 minutes of his sermon and he had called his wife afterwards and said, well, that was a real stinker. That's what he called it. Really? Because that was a real, <laughs> that was a real stinker. Uh, I'll be home soon. Wow. He thought he had just absolutely tanked it. Yeah. And so it wasn't like it was Charles Spurgeon speaking. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't, it wasn't Billy Graham. Yeah. He wasn't firing up the crowd. Yeah. It was just a guy who was out there preaching God's word. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And his word does not return void. No. Well, and again, that's what I love about it and why I wasn't, didn't feel the need to be critical of it. And again, it doesn't mean that it's bad to plan an event or try to be a good communicator, you know, or, or try to do those things. Cause God gifts people to do that. Um, but that's, what's, cool about this kind of thing is can i've had that feeling before that oh gosh i just bombed that message and then people came up <laughs> mm-hmm. afterwards like that was the greatest message ever oh what? really I didn't, I didn't okay that's amazing um but i think that's the cool part is yeah god doesn't need our god makes us creative people and he wants us to be creative but he doesn't need our creativity mm-hmm. you know he doesn't need us and that's what I say about we don't ever want to try to orchestrate it. Because the best compliment, we've said this before, that someone can give our church after attending on a weekend is they felt the spirit here. That's it. That's the best compliment. Mm-hmm. Not the music was great, not the message was great, the people were friendly, all those are good, but the best compliment is we could feel the spirit. Well, the spirit loves Jesus, mm-hmm. and the spirit loves the word who points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if we use the word to point to Jesus, we have a much higher rate of the spirit, you know, orchestrating something, mm-hmm. breathing on something. And that's why we are so word saturated, saturated, uh, because the spirit is yes. In our music, in our mission. Yeah. And in our message. Absolutely. Three M's. Three M's. Good job. Yeah. Babe. yeah. That was not even orchestrated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, turning to something that does relate to this because they were preaching the word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when we preach the word, there's an intentionality to that because we know that scripture alone is all we got. Yeah. Uh, we have the Bible. We have the inspired word of God. Uh, scripture alone is one of the five solas. Uh, our high school weekend this past weekend was the beginning of what is going to be four years yeah. of teaching the five solas. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into what those are, but this time uh, we started out with the overall arching 
uh, point of um, the glory of God alone. Yeah. And uh, it was a powerful weekend. Uh, I got to experience the whole thing. Uh, there were 61 high school students mm. from both campuses that came to Canton. We transformed one of the rooms upstairs here called the Cove, where maybe many of your elementary school kids uh, have rev kids on Sunday. Uh, it was really cool. It was very intensive. There were three messages. There was a lot of fun time. But um, I don't think we should ever diminish the fact that your students and your kids can learn a lot more than what most people think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so we pressed into some pretty heavy stuff yeah. uh, about the glory of God, including the uh, attributes of God, the characteristics of God. And it also kind of leads into something you're going to talk about this weekend. Yeah. What's really cool to me about just our strategic, you know, kind of plan with students, you know, we have a weekly gathering just like church because we want to make students, this is church for students. We want to get them into yep. the mindset. And so you got large group, then you got small groups and it, you know, kind of goes from, you know, a message to then kind of working through the message to reap. And then we have these other events, you know, like mission camp, which are kind of more intensive times. And then this was new for us high school weekend where the goal is not to, you know, it's not an outreach event, no. you know, cause that happens every Wednesday, but it is bringing some core students together and really helping disciple them on a deeper level and, and getting into concepts like the five solas. And I love that strategy where throughout their four years of high school, they're going to work through those five things. And because it really gets at the crux of what we believe. Yes. Um, and we did a series back in 2017. In fact, it's on our website called this. I believe that goes through these five things, these four, uh, four, these five core beliefs that got the word core and four in my mind. Um, five core beliefs that we have mm -hmm. as, as, Christians. And this came out of the Protestant Reformation, which again, a little church history, uh, the Catholic church, you know, was created in the third century or fourth century, three hundreds. And, uh, and the word Catholic just means universal. And that's why the, it was kind of the, and that was when Rome was in charge and was like, this is the church. This is the universal church, uh, the Holy universal church, which is what Catholic is. And then from there, uh, well, there was a split in the early thousands between Catholics and Orthodox. Um, and so kind of the three main branches today are Orthodox, Catholic, and then Protestant, which we are Protestant, and they came about in the 1500s mm -hmm. in the Protestant Reformation. And the whole point was in the Protestant Reformation was to reform the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. they, wanted, they never wanted to break away from the Catholic Church. They wanted to reform it because of they had gotten off you know, off kilter a little bit. And so then it, it did break away. And now that's what we call it, the Protestant Reformation. And to be reformed, you know, there's a lot of caveats to that. But we as a church would say how we define being coming out of that Reformation is these five things. We believe in grace alone, mm -hmm. by faith alone, in Christ alone, Scripture alone, all to the glory of God alone. And so solas mean one. Um, and so you have, you would say, sola gratia, which is grace alone, sola fide, which is faith alone, sola Christa, which is Christ, sola scriptura, which is scripture, and sola de la gloria. So 
when you get into the essence of what we believe as Christians, those mm-hmm. five things are the key. And that's why we want to pour into the high school students and say, if you believe these five, if you leave our church or graduate out of student ministry, knowing and believing these five things, you're good, you know, um, because it speaks to our salvation. It speaks to our purpose, our meaning, and where we get truth, which is partly like we're going to be in John, the last part of John 18 this weekend when Jesus is having, um, is taken from the religious leaders to Pilate. And he's having a conversation with Pilate and Jesus said he came to proclaim the truth. And then Pilate goes, what is truth? Mm -hmm. Which obviously Pilate had no idea in the first century that his words would be the essence of what (laughs) uh, the human heart asks and what we would now call postmodernism. Um, when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, well, this is true, this is right, this is wrong, and they're like, "What is truth?" Mm-hmm. That is the essence of philosophy, right? You know. So whether he was a philosopher or not, we don't really know. But that question is the essence of what it means. Um, like these five solas, like we believe grace, faith, Christ, and glory. Why? Because the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the Word of God tells us. So when you're dealing with, and this is kind of what I'll start to tackle this weekend, when you're dealing with truth, it's okay to ask what is truth. Um, It's just not okay to get to a point where you say, well, it's my truth or it's your truth or, or to think that truth is somehow intrinsically inside me. It's not, it's outside of me. Truth is not something we create. It's something we discover. There's not a linear scale on truth. No, no. Something is true by its existence, you know, like gravity. That's always the example. I, it, whether I like it or not, or think it is or not, it's true. Mm-hmm. How do I know? Because I'm not floating out into the sky. And if I walk off a ledge, I'll fall. That's true. Right. Cause it exists. And so God is true because he exists. And since he was the first one to exist, cause he's always existed, then what he says is true. And so just like God exists, exists outside of me, truth exists outside of me. And if there's one thing that our teenagers needs, need to know is that truth is not created by them, mm-hmm. that there is an absolute truth. That's right. And that's why we're, we do these weekends uh, and why I'm personally really excited about these weekends, again, for my own student, my own kids, and for our students and rev students is to know these core truths. Um, about God, about grace, about faith, about the Bible, um, because we just live in a world now that's not necessarily anti-truth because the world has truth, truths, uh, or things they believe, Mm -hmm. but the world is anti you telling me your truth is, is greater than my truth. Right. That's the wrestle, Mm -hmm. which is true postmodernism which again is what Pilate said, what is truth? Mm-hmm. So it's important for us as a church. I have obviously preaching through the text is important, but when you preach through the text, it gets to these kind of wrestles where this is the wrestle that we all have to, what's true. Yeah. Um, what is truth? And the essence of truth is Jesus. Cause he said so in John 14, six, I am the way, the truth. So if we want to know what truth is, look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
who Jesus is and what Jesus said. Um, well, then it's our job to align ourselves to that. Right. Um, so that's why it's so important to tackle these things. And whether you're a student or a new believer or you got saved 30 years ago yeah. or you raised your hand when you were six, mm-hmm. there, there may be uh, a need to go back to some of this or to foundationally understand some of this. Yeah, yeah. So we highly recommend going back to that series on our website yeah. uh, called uh, This I Believe. This I, this I Believe, yeah. which goes through the five solas. And, and also, this was very foundational for me um, 14 years ago, yeah. was having somebody tell me to study the attributes of God. Yeah. Because if you understand the character of God, starting with his immutability, that yeah. he never changes, yeah. a lot of these things flow out of that. They do. So if you're looking at the scripture from John 14, 6, mm-hmm. and you're saying, well, Jesus says he's the truth, and you also know that God can't change, so he never goes back on his word. Yeah. Nothing ever occurs to him. This didn't just pop into his head in John yeah. 14, 6. Oh, okay. Well, that because of who God is, I can trust this. Mm-hmm. So foundationally, this is a great place to start if you're struggling with your faith or you want to grow into your faith. Well, that, yes. And, and, and I'm going to piggyback on what you you just said, faith. Like if you want to grow in your faith, mm-hmm. well, then you need to understand sola fide. Yeah. It, I mean, actually of the five, the, the one that they all hinge on is faith alone. Mm-hmm. Because, again, in Catholic dogma, which dogma is just belief system, mm-hmm. Catholic dogma, it's not faith alone. Because... They misread James, where James says faith without works is dead. Right, and so they're they and again, and they had the Council of Trent and other uh, Catholic councils to where they actually affirmed this. They didn't reject it. Catholic dogma is it's not just faith; it's faith plus works. Right. Well, the reason why a lot of people struggle with their faith because they don't even understand what they mean by faith. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm not a good enough Christian. Right. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I still sin. I'll... Well, not if you believe faith alone. Mm-hmm. It's by grace through faith, and grace is a gift. And so grace leads to faith, and your faith justifies you. So therefore, your work has nothing to do with your salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, again, doesn't mean we don't work. Faith leads to work. That's right. It's evidence of. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, before I was born physically, I wasn't doing anything because I didn't exist. After I'm born, I do stuff because I exist. Well, in the same way, before I was born again, I was spiritually dead. But once I was born again and I'm alive, well, now I do some stuff. Mm -hmm. So it is a living faith. Um, It is a faith that leads to works, but it's not a faith that's supported by works. No, you know, um, and that's why it's so crucial to believe this and why I think a lot of people struggle with their faith, as you were just saying, because they don't understand it's by grace through faith. Yeah. And it's easy to fall into, uh, a mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church. Um, and I say going to church. And, I, and the reason I said that is because there's a difference between that and gathering as the church. Yeah. So there's a thought of, I'm doing all of these things. Yeah. Um, I am in God's favor. Yeah. No, 
No, you already had God's favor. Yeah. If you're saved, there is nothing you can do to earn God's love. He loved you regardless of whether you are gathering as the church, going to church, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, reading your Bible. But because you are saved, as Pastor Jason said, there's an overflow. There's a response to that. Yeah. Well, think about it from a familial standpoint. Like I just said, being born again, we're born into a family. Well, my kids aren't more or less a part of my family because they do chores Mm -hmm. or because they come home. Or like my son, he doesn't live at our house right now because he's in college. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he's not doing chores a lot. He's not not doing anything, but he's not any less my family, Mm -hmm. my kid. Because his status as my kid has nothing, nothing to do with anything he did. It has everything to do with what me and his mom did. Right. You know, and that's the point. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when faith gets real dysfunctional and the family of God gets real dysfunctional to your point is when my son feels like he's got to come do some chores to be a part of my family, he's got to come be a proactive member of my family or else his, my love is conditional upon that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where, to your point, that's how a lot of Christians think. I got to read my Bible. I got to go to church. I got, no, 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 no. You're a child. If you're in Christ, by grace, through faith in Christ, you're a child. You're a part of the family. Now, hopefully, gathering as the family is a joyful thing for you where, we, yeah, we do sing. We do read our Bible. We play family games. We do these things. We meet together. We eat together. But those things, you doing those things in and of, them, uh, of themselves doesn't make you our family. Right. Like somebody can come to my house and do all those things, but they're not a part of my family. Mm-hmm. They're just a visitor. They're just a guest. Yeah. Um, and so what makes us a part of the family of God is not do we do this list of things. It's that have we been born again into the family. That's right. That's right. He's already done everything to get you into his family. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to earn that because Jesus earned that at the cross. And that's why so many faith systems that are works based. Well, every other one besides Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Are um, exhausting. Very exhausting. So if you feel exhausted as a Christian, maybe you are trying to earn yourself. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing it wrong because again, thinking about our families we're trying to do all the chores. We're trying to make our parents happy, trying to be a good member of the family. Um, and that's dysfunctional. And yeah, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. But that is not God. That is not how Christianity fundamentally works, which again is why the reformers, namely Martin Luther, and then obviously quite a few others after him, was so staunch about, well, this is how the Catholic Church got all wrong. Mm-hmm. Because... He, I mean, he was a priest yeah. and he wasn't a Christian yeah. because he was exhausted yeah. um, until he read the book of Romans and he talks about how his heart was set on fire, yeah. you know, and then he realized, oh my gosh, no, it's by grace through faith in Christ. You mean now I'm, I, I don't have to do anything to be a part of this family. Um, no, I mean, again, it doesn't mean as a part of this family, I don't do anything, right? but I don't have to do anything to become a part of the family. That's right. That's it, the whole letter of, of Romans. It would be as if, you know, during the fast, and I talked about this in the sermon, when I ate that chicken at that Thai restaurant, if I would have gone home so despondent that I disappointed God, mm-hmm. oh man, I, God doesn't love me because I ate that chicken. Yeah. 
No. God's like, hold on. You think I don't love you because you ate that little yard bird? Are you serious <laughs> right now? Exactly. Like, I love, God loves his son. And if you're in his son, mm-hmm. I love you as you are my son. Mm-hmm. And so again, now there's times I'm frustrated with my children, of course. Mm-hmm. But my my son and my daughter, and one is biological and one is adopted, both have the same standing. Neither one of them did anything to get in my family and can do nothing to not be a part of my family because it's not about their actions, good or bad Mm -hmm. that makes them a family member. We talked about that and John, nothing will snatch us out of his hands. Again, I mean, my son can change his last name and my daughter hopefully will when she gets married, but they're still my kid. Right. Because it's, it's, it's by, it's by the, the blood of Christ, well, you can't change that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's what makes the gospel and these five solas so amazing. And that's what I don't understand. I don't, I mean, I'm not Catholic. And there's a lot of great things about the Catholic church. Um, but I feel like this one issue <laughs> is the differentiating issue. Yeah. And and why most Catholic, the the response most people have is, I'm a good Catholic or a bad Catholic. Yep. Well, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I'm not either a good Christian or a bad Christian. That's not, I, I'm either Christian or not. Mm-hmm. I'm either in the family or not. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness or badness isn't relational, has no bearing on my being. Yeah. And this is not a, a blanket statement about Catholics. And um, because there are a lot of uh, people who come to Revolution Church that were Catholic. Yeah. 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 Um, that are Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've talked to any Catholics who were in the word growing up, who read their Bible growing up. And the response that I always get is so it's, it's one of the best things we get to do is to hear the light bulb or to see the light bulb go yeah, off. Yeah. And, and they, they come here, they're experiencing something different or they're going to any kind of church like ours yeah. and they're experiencing something different and they're hearing the word preached. Absolutely. And that is what, what causes the light bulb to go off. Well, that's what, when, that's how it went off for Martin Luther. And mm-hmm. again, to get into a little bit more, even the five solas of scripture, scripture alone the one of the biggest things that led to the Protestant Reformation was the printing press. Mm-hmm. When the when the Gutenberg printing, the very first book that was printed was the Bible, and then this zeal came along of let's get these Bibles in the hands of people, because again, from three hundred to fifteen hundred, the only people that had Bibles or could read Bibles mm-hmm. because it was in Greek and Hebrew were the priests or the bishops or the Pope and. So therefore, the common man didn't have access to the scriptures. Right. Um, and that's what led to the Reformation was people reading and like, well, you didn't tell me this, what it said. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's what we uh, hear. That's when the light bulb exactly, goes Exactly. That's when the, and it went off for Martin Luther, again, when he was reading Romans. And, he, and that's when this, this explosion of faith happened. And now we believe in the priesthood of the believer, mm-hmm. which is which means you don't need a priest because uh, Christ is our high priest. He's our mediator. So every person has access to mm-hmm. God through Christ and should read their scriptures. And, and that's one of the different, 
differentiating factors. And so again, yeah, we're not bashing Catholics. And I mm-hmm. think, I think you can be Catholic and Christian. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm trying to right. say. What I'm trying to say is it's important to, to distinguish ultimately. I mean, Catholics believe in Christ. They just take it one step further. Mm-hmm. That is a step too far. Uh, so it's not like they don't believe in Christ. Um, but they add that works component to it and they, they obviously not sola scriptura and it, there's much more of like, we tell you what to believe, not trying to get you to believe this. So I think it's important to distinguish some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause again, we are Protestant, but, uh, at the same time, celebrate what the Catholic church did and how we all came from the Catholic church. And again, like I said, the reformers didn't want to break away. They wanted to reform the church. Uh, and then the church did make some reforms out of it. Uh, but then again, unfortunately, double down on some things like uh, they don't believe in faith alone. Um, and again, that's a misunderstanding of the book of James. Right. Because um, James is not saying it's faith plus works. He's saying people won't know if my faith is real, if there's not works, mm-hmm. not God. Right. God knows if my yeah. faith is real. Mm-hmm. but. David won't know if my faith is real, mm-hmm. if there's no works. And it's a perfect example, and, and you've said this before. If you are reading the Bible and you think that a verse contradicts something else in the Bible, you're probably the one that's wrong. Yeah, you just don't fully understand. Right. Yeah, it's it's a... Now, again, there are tensions in the Bible, um, but yeah, it's not. it doesn't contradict itself. It is my assumption about what it's saying is off. Mm-hmm. It, it can't because of God's... He Holiness. doesn't contradict himself. Right. Yeah, he's, he's not he's, against himself. He's perfect. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent. So uh, five solas, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that in uh, the next message on John this weekend. Um, as always, uh, for a transcript of this show, just write down everything we say. Um, uh, good stuff. Foundational stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we encourage you to dig into this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You should. Again, this is the core of what we believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Excellent, excellent. Uh, our producer is Chandler Elder. We didn't hear a lot from Chandler. Chandler, you okay? Still here. Okay. Yeah, still still right. here. All right, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was, was I right? I mean, if we went to Texas and got no brisket, no Whataburger, that would be a disappointing trip? Yeah, I mean, I, my initial thought was when you said you landed at night, I was like, I, I feel like that's when you go to Whataburger. It is, yeah. 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 Now, there's a certain age where it becomes unwise. like like we got home last night and we're driving past exit nine uh on five three and seven at seven yeah it's it's at exit three and seven yeah okay you're right yeah 92 92 okay exit seven uh it was about 10 o'clock yeah yeah almost 10 yeah and you know four adults in the car and we were like, hey, anybody want to go to Whataburger? And we we're kind of like, mm, it's probably not wise. Yeah, probably not wise. <laughs> so so there, there, is an, there is an age and maturity level that comes with that. Uh, our producer is Chandler Elder, our head of doctrine and theology, theologian. Our, our chief evangelist is Salvation. Um, <laughs> salvation. Uh, our backsliding. <laughs> That's pre- the best part is how you crack yourself up. I, I do. I do. I do. Uh, our backsliding prevention officer is Luke Warm. Our translator is Lexi Khan. Our lineage specialist, Genealogy. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn again. My favorite. Our reform theology advisor is Calvanism. Uh, our director of holiness is Mortification. Uh, our staff counselor is Les Moody. Our giving coordinator is Jenny Rossity. Our director of tithing is Tim Percent. 
And our director of mercy is Grace Alone. <laughs> uh, the final word. Trust God. And take a nap. See ya. See ya.